welcome back to another episode of the weekly walk it is sunday um august 16th year of our lord 2020 and i am your host joshua ingram and uh, for the second week in a row here i'm going to be doing this solo um just didn't have an opportunity to get together with anybody or to find somebody to guest host this with i tried to work it out with brandon um things the timing just didn't work out um our schedules conflicted so i felt like um last week went fairly well um i've i i filled up you know almost an hour and um you know it's 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 always edifying to me to to speak about the things of the lord so so i i found a blessing in it and i hope you did too and so I, i figure i'll give it another try here to do this solo um, so I've got three topics that I'd, I'd like to discuss, um, this week, uh, two, two major topics and then one minor one that I'd probably just take a, a, a minute or two to discuss, maybe a little bit longer. I don't know. Um, but there's really, um, been a couple of pressing issues on my heart throughout this entire week. Um, or at least, you know, that dominated a, a day or two of my week. But um, so, so I'd like to discuss those issues here with you tonight, and um, we'll see how it goes. I, I don't really prepare anything for this uh, podcast, by the way. It's just kind of me just winging it off the cuff, just, you know, just going off the top of my head and, and praying that the, the Holy Spirit would bless this effort, that the Holy Spirit would be in it. Um, that it would be beneficial, that it would be edifying to me, that it would be beneficial to you, that that perhaps it would encourage you or, or give you some things to think about as well. Um, but basically what I do is I, I just I try to remember the things that I dealt with throughout the week and um, just make bullet point lists of those and then just kind of discuss them um, off the cuff, so to speak, just, just kind of uh, to... to, to um, remember my thoughts about it discuss ideas that i've had since then just just you know try to talk through the issue and 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 see where it goes so uh the first issue i want to talk about is, without getting to, into specifics is um h- how do we deal with slander um if somebody makes an accusation against you um that is false what should be our response to that and because in the past, um, at least for the most part, I've thought if somebody makes a, an, an unjust accusation against me, if somebody says something that's not true, um, I don't really have to defend myself. I've, I've always felt that it's kind of unnecessary, perhaps even a waste of time. Perhaps, like, there's that verse in Proverbs that, you know, answer a fool according to his folly. Or no, I'm sorry, don't answer a fool according to his folly, lest thou be like him, I think it says. Like, basically, you know, don't backbite God. God is the um, avenger uh, of his children. We, we don't have to seek vengeance. We don't have to, to backbite. We don't have to, to fight back, so to speak. We don't have to uh, defend ourselves. If we are in the right, if, there, if there's righteousness in the situation, if we haven't done anything wrong, um, the Lord is certainly going to defend us. There, there's no need... Um, to defend myself in public. If somebody makes a false accusation against me, you just let that stand. And and the reason behind that is I've always thought, you know, if a person knows me, if they know me on a personal level, um, and, and they hear these false things against me, they're going to know to dismiss it. They're going to know, okay, that's not true. That's not who Josh is. And so I thought it's unnecessary to defend myself. And... Um, So, I guess there's really two, two ways to think about this. Number one, if, if somebody makes an accusation against you that is true, even if it's partial truth, um, then we ought to humble ourselves, admit our faults, and repent. Um, you know, it, there's that verse that talks about if anyone suffers as a murderer or, or a thief, you know, it, it shouldn't be. Like, like we shouldn't be accused of false things and suffer for it um but if there's truth to the matter then then the the accusation or the public humiliation um might actually be a way of the lord chastising you 
and bringing you to humility and causing you to confront your sin and to repent of it and, and to turn from it, bringing it to light, so to speak. So if somebody says something that's true against you, um, even if they mean to do you harm by it, uh, there's no need to, to backlash or defend yourself. It, it, it's to simply humble yourself and say, you know what, you're right. Um, you know, I, I have done such and such. I have been such and such. And, and I'm sorry. You know, that is wrong. And I've dishonored my Lord uh, by, by claiming his name and then going out in public and doing these things or doing these things to you in private. Um, it was foolish on my part and I'm sorry. Um, so that's one thing. If somebody, if somebody, um, and and so that I don't think that would be considered slander. I think that would just be considered, um, you know, it's it's probably not the mature thing to do to 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 uh, put you on front street, so to speak, like that. To 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 present your faults in front of the public light, um, like that, and the person who's doing it um, either didn't think that through. Or they're intentionally trying to embarrass you, or or get people on their side, and in either case, you, you, whatever their wrong is in it, um, is irrelevant. Um, your 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 focus is on your relationship with the Lord and where you've been wrong, and how to humble yourself and to fix your part of it, and to let the Lord worry about the rest. So if somebody brings a true or partially true accusation against you, I think that's a different. Um, different different scenario than slander and that would be something where we'd have to humble ourselves and, and admit our faults and, and and fix it as much as as possible as much as lies within us but if somebody brings a false accusation against you if if somebody uh let's say for instance accuses you of theft and um or let's not even go theft because that, that 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 could be criminal and that even might add another layer uh, of context there if you're being accused of criminal activity, um, you may have to uh, defend yourself or, or, or present evidence that you, it, that it's not true, you know, especially if the law is going to get involved or if there's the possibility of the law getting involved. But let's say somebody accuses you of, um, uh, I don't know, mistreating them, you know, for whatever reason. They've got some sort of ill will towards you. They've decided to make something up and accuse you of being a bad person in the public light. Do we defend ourselves? Is it necessary to defend ourselves? And so there's a couple different layers here that, that I think need to be discussed. And like I mentioned, my, my initial instinct is no. You know, I don't have to address that. I don't have to answer a fool according to their folly. I let that stand. Um, you know, my, and the idea behind that is your character ought to speak for itself. If you've done no wrong, if you are in righteousness in the situation, if you are in the right, um, then that should stand on its own. You shouldn't have to defend yourself. But then another aspect comes up and perhaps this has to do with just being uh, a social media driven society that a lot of our ac accusations or slanders or whatever are going to come through the social media atmosphere. And, and by nature, the, the social media atmosphere is one of public display. Uh, many people are going to see these accusations, and some of them um, are not going to know you. So they're not going to know your character. Um, they're not going to know whether or not these things are true. And I, I think a, a brother of mine was pointing out tonight in, in a whole different context, but it ties into this, um, that this, uh, with like, pastors if we hear something negative about a pastor or a teacher um we might accept that accusation without knowing the truth um i suppose that's why the scriptures say you know don't accept an accusation against an elder except you know by two two witnesses um but even then in the social media atmosphere it's hard you know we ought to have first-hand knowledge uh, before we go and and uh pass judgment so to speak or or to um, dismiss or, or criticize um, an individual. Uh, but in the social media atmosphere, an accusation can be made and a whole host of people might believe this accusation. And, and again, it comes down to, you know, it becomes a difficult gray area because on the one hand, 
it's it's really irrelevant what people think of you. You know, you know you're standing before the Lord. You know whether or not you're you're just in the situation, whether or not you're right in the situation, and your standing before the Lord isn't changed, so you can just rest in that. On the other hand, um, because you've publicly represented the name of Christ, uh, because you might have um, a influence on others um, within the social media sphere, um, you know, especially if you're you're actively promoting the name of Christ. Um, it might be necessary, uh, in the very least, to say, hey, these things are not true. Um, now, we definitely don't want to attack back. We don't want to turn this into a battle. But um, I'm kind of dancing around the bush because I, I really don't want to get into specifics on this. But um, let's say an accusation is made against you. Somebody takes the side of the accuser and starts to show that they somewhat believe this and and say hey you know what are you doing this person said you know such and such about you how, how can you act like that you're a christian now you're kind of forced into a defense position now you're kind of forced to say well these are unjust accusations you know it's, it's simply untrue i haven't done these things um it just becomes a difficult thing. So so I guess that's kind of something I was wrestling with this week is just how how do you deal with that? You know, if, if somebody makes an accusation against you, um we want to have our heart rooted in love. So I, I think the the first step then I guess is to to really examine our heart, to consider our hearts, to make sure we're not acting out of anger or vengeance or retribution um that our motives are pure. That, that we're simply, you know, trying to clear up the situation in a loving, kind way. And so, um, the, the natural tendency is to fight back. Uh, when you're, you're attacked, the natural tendency is to, to, to return fire, so to speak. And we can't do that. Um, so I guess it, it, I, I really don't have this fully resolved in my heart. I'm not really sure... Uh, which way to go about it. I, I see the wisdom in both in ignoring the situation and just letting it stand and, and letting your character speak for itself, but also in a public atmosphere um, to simply address the situation and say, look, uh, this is simply not true. I, I did not do this. And then just kind of letting that stand. Um, it's unfortunate that uh, another brother of mine, uh, t again, talking about a different situation, though, uh, had pointed out that when it's it's kind of our natural tendency when we hear something negative about somebody to immediately accept that it it immediately taints our perception of that person um we we, we have this strange function uh, of our brain to hear something negative to hear something critical and and to paint a picture of this person in the wrong light to 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 immediately accept it and I, I suppose I'm just thinking now, like, that's why the court system is so, um, it's so important to, to the courts to emphasize to the jury to not, to not have preconceived uh, perceptions about a case or preconceived perceptions about the individual on trial. You must kind of come into it as a blank slate and, and hear both sides of the argument, argument before you form an opinion. And unfortunately, um, we don't. We often don't do that. We 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 don't listen to both sides. We hear some. We hear somebody's side, and usually it's the first. And I think there's a proverb that talks about that. That the first person uh, to to come and make an accusation, the first person to say something, is is usually received. We we receive that accusation, and in our minds, we we paint a negative picture of the person that's being spoken about. And, and so it takes extra effort on their part um, to convince us otherwise. You know, they, they have to, we're, we're going to come in uh, to that situation with a hardened heart towards that person, with a defensive mechanism in. And, and so when you're accused of something in the public atmosphere and you're trying to use the public for, for ministry purpose, um, now a, a whole host of people 
might have painted you in the in the wrong light because of this false accusation. They might be clinging to this idea of who, who this other person has said that you are, thinking these things about you, and therefore dismissing or, or, or making it harder for you um, to show them who you really are. And, and so it's, it's just a delicate thing. It's an unfortunate thing. It's, um, I guess I haven't really dealt with slander all that often. Uh, there's a, there's, I, I have a lot of things people can say about me that are true that can just say, you know, Hey, Josh is prideful. Josh is arrogant. Josh, Josh is, uh, sometimes bullheaded and stubborn and, and Josh is aggressive and, and very cut and dry, black and white, unbending. Um, Josh is, uh, tactless sometimes. Uh, Josh is blunt, you know. Um, you know, so on and so forth. They, they, and those things would be fair uh, critiques of me, things that I'm aware of, the flaws that I'm aware of, and and that I wish weren't a part of my character, and that I'm uh, striving either actively or or you know in the back of my mind, so to speak, in the in the deep channels of my heart, uh, trying to wrestle these things out with the Lord and to to clear them up to be more compassionate to be more loving you know I, I feel like love conquers all those things that i just mentioned so and I, you know somebody somebody could certainly bring those things and I, I would hope the people that i'm closest with the people that who would experience these flaws in my character um would have the maturity and decency to come to me privately and address these things and for the most part that is the case so i i like i say i the, the, there's plenty for people to pick, um, pen, plenty of character flaws for people to pick from, um, where you really don't have to slander me or come up with something false. So I, I haven't had to deal with that too often. Uh, but but when a false accusation, when something completely out of left field that's not true, um, that 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 is that could be in, in, injurious uh, to your public image. Which again, we, we really don't care what people think about us in that, that sense. It's not important um, what people view of me. But as a public representative of Christ, as somebody who publicly announces the name of Christ, somebody who publicly um, says, hey, um, I am a herald for the Lord. I, I'm coming proclaiming the message of the Lord. Uh, for somebody to, to slander you in that case, um, it, it can not only damage you, but it can damage the image of Christ that you portray to others. People might might look at your flaw and might dismiss your proclamations of the gospel or your proclamations of the Lord Jesus Christ, saying, oh, this guy is such and such, so why should I believe any of this? And so the fact that it, it, it damages the name of Christ, that it has that the accusation has a chance to diminish the glory of Christ in your life, um, and again, like I've got enough of these flaws in my heart that I can do that myself. Uh, but when a, when something false comes against you, I, I think uh, perhaps it is necessary in that public atmosphere to to make a stand and say, no, this is simply not true. Um, and again, we have to be really careful then not to attack the other person to just let that stand and just say, look, I did not do such and such a thing. I, you know, and, and I guess leave it at that. Um, so I guess that, that's kind of the, the first thing that I was really dealing with this week. Um, something kind of unique and new in my life, something that, that kind of caught me off guard, something, uh, that at first I wasn't too concerned about. Uh, like I said, I was just gonna, you know, let it be and, and let my character stand for itself. Um, but then after discussion with another brother and then seeing some of the, the, the backlash of it, I thought, hmm. Maybe I'm going about this wrong. Maybe, maybe an actual defense does need to be made, or at least a denial of the charges um, accused against me. So, with that said, um, move on to the second topic that was on my heart this week. Uh, and this is a much more uh, joyous situation, a, 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 a beautiful situation that occurred in my heart. Um, I was at work. And in between um, jobs, I had a chance to, to look into Facebook. And I saw on Facebook that a young three-year-old toddler um, had gone missing 
in uh, northern Wisconsin, and and that's my neck of the woods. Uh, if anybody's listening to this, you don't know me. I, I grew up in central Wisconsin. Um, I'm currently living in the Twin Cities uh, of Minnesota. Uh, Wisconsin's right next door. Um, so so it was a, a local case, um, something that, that uh, kind of plucked at my heartstrings immediately. And um, it was unique in the sense that, tragically, we hear so much uh, about um, horrible situations like this. We hear so much about missing children or children that die. Or, or right now, there's a lot of that pedophilia in the news. We, we hear so many horrible things throughout the day that it kind of hardens our heart to it. It, it makes us numb. Uh, to the situation, and we kind of, you probably, you know, if you're active on Facebook, um, you probably see several missing persons uh, posts throughout the week. Um, I I know I do. I probably, you know, see three, four, five missing, maybe even more uh, throughout the week. Uh, Somebody posted, hey, so-and-so is missing, so-and-so is missing, this young lady's missing, this child's missing, and, and, Tragically, like I say, we become hardened um, to to that. Not not hardened, but kind of numb, where where we've seen so much tragedy in this world that we kind of just brush past it without thinking of it. And and that's usually the case for me too. Sadly, I, I usually just scroll right by those things, um, you know, and 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 justify it in your heart by thinking, well, you know, I can't do nothing about it, and. Um, but anyways, for some reason, this this young little three-year-old girl that had gone missing um, really just kind of struck me. And um, it kind of it broke my heart as I thought more and more about it throughout the day. Uh, the situation was this little girl um, had followed her dog um, out of the yard and into the woods and disappeared. And um, perhaps because of my background, because I, I, when I was 15, my mom had a, had, a, had a baby. And my little sister, you know, I, I loved her so much and, and it reminded me of her. You know, we grew up on a, on a farm and, and she would often be out playing with the animals at two or three and she'd follow the dog. I even remember one time where, where we couldn't find her and, and the dog led her to her. She was hiding under some trees or something, but... Um, she would just follow these animals around. She was so obsessed with the animals, uh, she would follow them anywhere. And so I suppose that had something to do with it, that this kind of just reminded me of that situation. And and so I was kind of like, oh, man, this, this you know, this is tragic. This, this, this really is a terrible situation. And um, so I, I reposted it on Facebook, and, and then um, as I thought more and more about it, it, it just kept gripping my heart more and more. And so I, I posted it into a prayer group that I had, and I said, you know, please pray. Pray that they find this little girl. And um, by the end of the day, I was driving home, and the Spirit had so gripped me on this situation that I was in tears. I was just broken. I was thinking about this poor little child who had already spent one night in the woods, and I, I think large storms had rolled through. And I was just thinking, man, this poor little baby, she's lost out in the woods, um, probably just terrified, uh, cold and wet. And, and, you know, I was praying like, you know, Lord willing, she didn't fall into a lake or a river. And um, I had hope, though. The story gave me hope because the dog was with her, or at least the dog was missing, too, and she had followed the dog. And so we've all heard stories before about, you know, how a dog can, can save a child or, or protect a child. And so I was thinking, man, I just, I really hope this dog stayed with the baby, that she's with the dog and that the dog's protecting her, that the dog, that they cuddled at night, that they were able to, st- it's kind of making me tear up right now just thinking about it too, because man, that, that, that poor baby and, and, and just how scared she would be. And I, you try to put yourself into the parent's shoes and it's overwhelming. And I thought about, you know, a dear brother and sister that I have and their young child who, who's about that same age. And I thought, man, what if she was missing? Or And I was thinking about my little sister, too, when, when she was a baby. And, and just, like, it just gripped me. The Holy Spirit just moved upon me and just broke my heart for this child. And I was, I was thinking, 
about taking off from work the next day and or, or at least driving out to the town it was about three and a half hours away and, and volunteering to search for this baby and i was wrestling in that in my heart i was like lord should i do this shouldn't i do this and i was like why wouldn't i do this if this was if this was my friend's kid i wouldn't sleep until this baby was found i would search those woods night and day i would sacrifice everything i have to go find this baby and 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 so i thought why is this any different why why should it be any different at all and then you know of course the the laziness and the vanity in my heart or i don't know if it's vanity but just my own selfishness was like well i can't miss work and you know it's it's a three and a half hour drive and maybe i get there and, and they don't even need me or or you know they've got a, enough volunteers and really what expertise can i offer i don't really know what i'm doing and so I was just wrestling these things out in my heart, and um, so I thought, well, the, you know, the, I was kind of just led by the Spirit that the, the least I can do is to pray for this situation. And so I prayed um, in kind of a unique way, uh, perhaps a way that I haven't experienced before, or at least that I've only experienced um, on a seldom basis. Uh, I prayed fervently with, with heart aches. My heart was hurt for this child. And I just, I prayed, Lord, please, please protect this baby. Please make sure she's safe. Please keep her warm, Lord. Please comfort her. Be with her right now. Have your, have your presence with her, Lord. Have, you, have your Holy Spirit with her. Have your angels with her. Just protect this child. And please, Lord, let her be found alive and let her be found quick. And, and, and it was just a, a heartfelt um, like I say, it, it was it was a pain, like I could feel the pain in my heart as I prayed this, and I was just so broken up about it. Um, I wept, you know, all the way home from driving home from work, and I got home and I wept uh, about it uh, a few more times throughout the night. I'm, I'm weeping about it again right now, just thinking about it. I was just so broken up about this child, and so I was following the news updates very closely um watching it and i found this prayer group online or this, this this ministry online i guess uh where they they keep posts and updates about missing children and and inform people so they can form prayer chains or or provide any assistance that they can and uh they had like hourly updates on this situation here and um praise god just a few short hours later um you know, and so, and so often we hear these things end in tragedy. Uh, but praise God, just a couple hours later, uh, the update came through that the child had been found. She was alive and relatively healthy. She was dehydrated and had some scratched up feet. Um, you know, but other than that, she was healthy. I, in my heart, I was worrying, man, this baby's probably hungry. What if she eats some poisonous food? Uh, you know, just so many thoughts run through your head. And, and you think about, man, that poor mom and dad, I can't imagine how much fear and, and, and just, it, you know, it would just be overwhelming. That's like, for a parent, that's the worst possible situation to not know where your child is. Um, I remember when I, when my, my kid was really little and, uh, I don't know, he must've been about five, maybe five, six somewhere in there and I, I remember um he ran out the front door and he was out of my sight only for a couple seconds but just this it was the worst feeling in the world this over, over you know because I, I i live in the cities and 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 it's uh, a scary even though i was in the suburbs at that time um just this overwhelming fear that just grips you like my kid is out of my sight you know, and, and it was so scary. And, and like I say, it was just for a few seconds. I was out the door right behind him and, and grabbed a hold of him. And But it was so scary. And so I couldn't imagine what these parents were going through. Uh, but praise God, that baby was found. The Lord answered our prayers. And, and I rejoiced in tears. And I was so very happy to hear that this child had been found. Um, it was just such a, a, a great blessing and a unique experience how the Lord just chose um, to bring that situation to my attention, to break my heart for it, and, and to include me in, in praying for this baby. 
Uh, but with that, we're, we're coming up to our break, um, so stick with me. We'll come back with our final topic. Welcome back to the Weekly Walk. Um, this is Joshua Ingram. And uh, we're going to continue on here. Um, just kind of been discussing the things that have been going through my mind this week. And um, so the next issue here is, is something I've actually been dealing with for longer than a week. And um, so I'm, I'm going to open up and just be transparent with you guys. Um, because I, I have no other way of knowing how to be. I, I feel like, you know... I, Perhaps I'm wrong, but I feel like confessing my faults, being transparent, um, just being open and honest is, is, is one of the sincerest ways to communicate. Why would I hide who I am? Why, why play the hypocrite? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be upfront with you and, and let you know who I am and let you know my faults. Um, and so just to give you a little context here, to give you a background for those of you who might not know me, um, for for about the last six years or so, um, I've been gathering um, with a, a small group of brothers and sisters on a regular basis um, every weekend. And um, when I say gather, I, I, f I feel like we go beyond what a normal small fellowship is. Um, we don't just gather for study and then disperse. We are we're together um, pretty much every weekend all day you know all day long um for the most part we were getting together on friday evenings we were together you know for several hours on fridays we would gather together on saturday mornings for bible study and then we would uh spend our entire day with each other and then end the night in fellowship often till you know two in the morning um so we just we we grew very very close and intimate with each other we, we became a family and um, we've often looked at it as kind of like a, an, a, an Acts-type church um, where, where we, we, we're a family. We are a real family unit, uh, the, you know, real brothers and sisters in Christ sharing our entire lives with each other. And in, in, in addition to these, these weekend gatherings, um, we formed a messenger group, and we are constantly communicating with each other all throughout the day, every day throughout the week. Um, sharing our struggles, uh, sharing our prayer requests, um, sharing our, our joys and our battles, and, and just being uh, completely transparent. Uh, excuse me. Transparent with one another and um, just open and honest with each other and, 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 and revealing ourselves. And so anybody um, who has that type of intimacy I'm sure a lot of married people uh, can testify this because you know I would think marriage is the only thing that goes beyond what we have um, other other than your relationship with the Lord but anybody who experiences this type of intimacy and and openness and transparency knows um, that there's often um, offenses and bitternesses and arguments and disputes and and sometimes um, you know, uh, damaging, uh, disputes, or at least, um, it seems like the Lord kind of protects us from, from really damaging disputes, but, um, there can be often, you know, severe bitterness and offense, um, taken. And so we, we've learned, or we are learning, um, to come together, to strive for unity, to work beyond these things, to, 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 to work forgiveness, to, to, to love one another, to accept one another's faults and, and flaws, to bear with one another. Um, the Lord is, is, has really used this group in my life, and, and I'm sure the others would testify in theirs, um, just to sanctify and to, to bring to attention so many different faults in, in my own heart and the, the way I interact with others and, and to, to try to remedy these things. And... Um, so, with with that kind of as as the background, um, I was greatly offended, not not even offended. Um, well, well, yeah, it it was an offense. I I wouldn't say it was a great offense. I, it's probably not even top ten of the things that have occurred in the midst of our fellowship. But um, I was offended by the actions of one of my brothers. 
and um, rather than forgive him, as I, I, which I should have done immediately, I chose um, to harden my heart. And, and I wouldn't even call it bitterness, um, because I, I think there was initial spring of bitterness, um, but I wasn't really angry. I wasn't really upset. I just chose. I made, I made a, a active decision to not forgive this brother and to harden my heart. And my justification was, um, I, I, it, selfishly saying, I'm sick and tired of always being the peacemaker. I'm sick of all, and tired of always having to go and make peace. I want him to come to me. Um, and th just think about how arrogant that sounds. It's just disgusting even coming out of my lips. But, you know, who am I? You know, but basically uh, I was saying in my heart, I want him to come and humble himself before me and admit his faults and apologize and, and repent of the, of the situation and 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 to it to to really really admit and see what he has done wrong and and to fix it and i'm not going to make any attempts to fix it myself he's going to have to do the work and you know immediately i knew i was in the wrong this this goes against everything the scriptures teach us about forgiving our brothers 70 times 7 um in one day and that's that's regarding the same sin if he commits the same sin to you 490 times a day, you're to forgive him every time. And, um, or, or, you know, the other thing that came to mind was, um, how, how in the parable the Lord gave, uh, the king forgave his servant, um, uh, an unimaginable debt, uh, a debt that, that simply could not be paid, uh, billions of dollars, I think, in today's money. And, so the king showed this man all this great mercy. And then this man went out and found somebody who owed him like $100, you know, a, 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 a tiny, tiny sliver of a fraction compared to what he had been forgiven. And he, and he bitterly hung on to this grudge and, and refused to forgive the man and demanded that he be paid back. And so, of course, that parable applied in this situation. And and it's the, the outcome of that was that man was cast into outer darkness, I think, or, or you know, he, he was turned over to the, the tormentors. And so um, that just ties in with the Lord saying, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. You know, how can you possibly hold a grudge against somebody, no matter what they've done? Even if they've done the worst things that can be done on this earth to you, that's just a tiny, small fraction of what you've done to the Lord with your consistent rebellious heart and and the lord offers you mercy so how are you going to turn around and 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 offer wrath um to to your fellow man to your fellow servant and so i knew these things i knew them as i was thinking about them and i, I knew okay josh you, you have to forgive even if there's no apology made even if if there's no, if there's no recognition of guilt there's no um, admitting of doing wrong. You still have to forgive. You have to put this behind you. What what has been done to you is minuscule compared to what you've done to the Lord. And so I knew these things, and I resisted the Holy Spirit, and I said, "No, I'm gonna hold on to this. I want. I want. Just think about the selfishness of this. Think all these words. You know, it just it it paints me in such an ugly picture." Because it's so disgusting to, to have this kind of pride and arrogancy. To, to demand like I'm somebody. Like I'm worthy of respect. You know, and, and, and but that's where my heart went. I said, nope, uh, you know, enough's enough. Uh, I've always made the, the step. Um, uh, you, you know, and I'm, I'm probably wrong in that too. I'm, I'm sure, you know, this brother has, has come to me and, and tried to fix I know he has. He's come to me and tried to fix things before in the past too. Uh, but for some reason, I just decided that this this was going to be a line in the sand that I was going to draw. And I was going to say, nope, you know, I, I need an apology. I, I need this fixed. And um, so I selfishly held on to this, this hardness of heart. And I knew I was hardening my heart. And I would pray. And, and of course, the Lord is not going to let you progress until you deal with this situation. And, and so, you know... 
the Lord would start to bring this up in my prayers and in, in my inner man, you know, he, the Lord would start to prompt me on this situation and, and I would ignore it and, and, and say, no, no, Lord. Um, and, and the, the, the graciousness of the Lord in this is just so beautiful. Um, just the way he works, like, like he knew the stubbornness and the hardness of my heart and any, any, any chose, um, to cause a resolution in spite of my hardness because he, he he knew that that i was resisting the holy spirit that i was saying uh i don't want to forgive lord i i i don't want to make peace i i need him to come to me and so even in that the lord was chastising my heart by bringing these scary verses to mind and the, that scary parable and uh the the um i remember at one point in time, I had said something really, really just kind of cold um, to some other brothers about the situation, and via text uh, or via message, you know, I, I had said something cold uh, to the other brothers in regards to this. And then, as soon as I got done texting, I went to go turn on a sermon because while I'm working, I'm a, I have the benefit of listening to podcasts and sermons and whatnot, and. I usually just uh, do like a random shuffle on my sermons or, or um, I have one one uh, podcast that, that's actually just sermons that plays. And I went to turn that on and the sermon that came up was regarding hardness of heart. And so I could see, oh man, the Lord, if I listen to this, the Lord is going to chastise me through this message. The Lord is going to convict me through this message. And so this is how stubborn I was. This is how foolish I was. I, I refused to listen to the sermon. And, and and you know, of course, the verse that came to mind is despise not prophecy. You know, um, but I was despising prophecy. Here was the word the Lord was bringing to me, and I was refusing to hear it. Um, again, just, you know, just this stubborn, arrogant, foolish prideful hardness of heart um but through it all the lord was very merciful to me um the lord could have distanced himself from me uh the lord could have uh you know removed his presence and and put me in and i'm sure every born again person knows this when sometimes when you're in sin uh the lord chastises us by by bringing us into that despondent uh dark separation from him where we where we just feel um so distant and and it's just a horrible you know feeling when that happens uh, but the lord was merciful and stayed stayed with me in this um and 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 guided me through it in spite of the hardness of my heart and um you know i i just I just refused to let it go in spite of all these cautions in spite of all these these warnings and the things the Lord was doing. And, um, I think, you know, I was even praying, Lord, Lord, you're going to have to do something because I'm not letting go of this, you know, please, uh, bring him to me, you know, have him come and make peace because I'm unwilling to do it. And, and, um, well, yeah. And, and so the Lord did do that. Um, this brother, um, obviously, um, very upset about the situation. Um, we're very close. We love each other dearly. Um, we have conflicting personalities. So it's, it's kind of, uh, it's a unique sanctifying thing. Our relationship, we, we go through a lot of hardships with each other. Um, uh, but there is a, a deep love, uh, for one another that, that, prevails that the presence of the lord prevails and so uh the lord did bring this brother in and he and he showed up to bible study um obviously with the attempt um to try to make peace with me to to try to, to discuss these issues and um praise the lord he did you know and 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 I was still wanting to hold on. Like, I, I didn't even talk to him at first when he was at Bible study. I just kind of ignored him. And all the time, just foolishly. Just, just you know, just so foolish. Like, knowing in my heart, this is so dumb. This is so 
stubborn of me. Why, you know, just let this go. Uh, but I didn't. I just kept holding on to it. And even in prayer, uh, this Saturday morning Bible study that we, we have, you know, the Lord uh, has graciously allowed me to kind of sort of lead, um, at least in, in the sense of, of teaching or, or directing um, the conversations and, and, and um, just kind of, um, I guess, better than lead, I, I would say manage, to manage uh, the study. Um, to, to, to kind of keep us on track, to, to give us a goal, to, to give us a focus. And, um, but as I was praying, I felt like, man, the, you know, I can't come to the altar with this hardness in my heart, so to speak, uh, because I have this hardness, because I'm being so stubborn, because I'm being so foolish, I can't lead this Bible study right now. I can't, I, 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 I am disqualified from doing that right now because of the hardness of my heart. And so I, I had to turn the reins over to another brother and, and, and kind of let him lead the situation. But at the end of the Bible study, um, we were able to discuss things um, heatedly at first because even while we were discussing them, I was still just pridefully and stubbornly just refusing to let go. I, 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 I again, I just, I wanted... Um, not just an apology but i wanted a resolution i wanted the guarantee a guarantee so to speak that this wouldn't happen in the future and and again that's just you know so arrogant and foolish of me um we're, we're we're called to love one another in spite of all our differences we're called to bear with one another to forgive one another um it greatly displeases the lord when we have this bitterness and unforgiveness and hardness of heart towards each other, it's called, you know, I think Paul or Peter, somebody said, we're not ignorant to the devil's devices. Speaking of this hardness of heart, this hardness of heart and bitterness is a device of Satan to cause division within the body. And uh, it, and it does. It, 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 when we're bitter, when we're unforgiving, it does cause division in the body and it's incredibly damaging. And a lot of times it's because uh, parties refuse to humble themselves. Proverbs says that it's only by pride that contention comes. The only reason there's contention and strife is because of pride. And so to, to resist contention, to resist that bitterness, we must humble ourselves. To say, you know, I don't need respect. I don't, I don't need honor or or. or uh you know um acts of dignity from this this brother or sister i i i don't deserve those things all all i need to do regardless of what they need to do and this it's it's ironic that this is something i've been preaching um for the last several weeks here about just loving in spite of what the other person does just because that's what we're called to do. And fellowship is hard. I, I've said since the beginning of this fellowship that, that it takes effort. We must be willing to humble ourselves to keep the fellowship. We must be willing to fight for fellowship, so to speak. To, 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 to resist our flesh. To, to forgive always, to, regardless of what's been done to us. To love and 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 cherish one another and to keep striving for unity and um unfortunately we're, we're so flawed that, that there's a lot to work out there's a lot of bitterness uh, a, a lot of uh just selfishness in our hearts that that refuses to humble and prefer one another um but praise the lord that he always works and 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 in this particular situation which uh, just makes me think that this is truly an act of the Lord, that this group that I'm in is meant to be together um, because the Lord always uh, fixes it. He, he, it's, it's the, the, I was thinking about this too as I was dealing with this. The, the things the Lord chastises me about the most, or at least the things that he immediately addresses with me, is is when there's these bitternesses when there's this unforgiveness he will not allow me to remain in it and it's such a beautiful blessing of the lord that he chastises those he loves he will not allow me um to remain bitter he will not allow me to remain unforgiving um he just 
his Holy Spirit just breaks upon your conscience and just will not let you rest until the situation is resolved. And it's such a beautiful thing. And so I think with that, I'll, I'll wrap it up here. Um, Lord willing, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going with this podcast. You know, like I say, I, I hope to get some guest hosts. Um, it's just hard to work out the timing. Um, but it, it's a lot more uh, beneficial and I don't have to talk the whole time. I, you know, other people can, can chime in. It just, it just makes it more, um, it's easier to do with other people. Uh, but Lord willing, I'll, I'll keep it going, you know, in the times where I can't get a guest host, um, I'll, I'll try to do these. Um, it's getting harder and harder for me to, to remember to, to journal my spiritual thoughts or, at least, you know, I, I seem to have uh, gotten distracted uh, by the things of the world, namely work, um, that, that just kind of keep my mind off of uh, just really deep spiritual things. Um, you know, of course, like I, you know, the Lord's always um, on our mind, either in the forefront or in the back of our minds. The Lord is, the presence is always there. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm not always thinking about deep spiritual things or, or you know, actively focused on, on, on what the Lord is doing in my heart. But um, pray for me. Pray that I would be. Uh, because that, that's what I would like to do is to discuss those things. And if I can if I can be aware of them and write them down, and so then at the, at the end of the week I can come and do this podcast and discuss them with you, um, I, I think it would just uh, be a great thing. But anyways, it's like 2 in the morning. I'm rambling. I'm kind of tired here, so... Um, I'm going to go to bed and, uh, I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening and, uh, stay classy, San Diego.